Welcome everybody to Kingdom Talks. We've got part two with Dr. Stephen Morey, and um, we're, we're going to get started right after this. We're just going to dive in because uh, he was right in the middle of a story, and I know many of you are coming back to hear the rest of the story. So we'll be back right after this. Welcome to Kingdom Talks, where we engage leaders, teachers, creative artists, and everyday people in conversations that awaken listeners to new revelations of the Kingdom Age. All of our courses, community conversations, partnership links, and much more can be found on our website, kingdomtalksmedia.com. Now, enjoy the show. All right, I'm back with Dr. Stephen Morey. And uh, so, Dr. Stephen, you were right in the middle of your story and um, just sharing the, 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 the awe of the joy shocks as the father was laughing. And, um, but... He, you hadn't got an answer to your question yet, so I'll let you continue the story. <laughs> right. Yeah, so you probably remember, and folks from the other session remembered, I was brought to heaven by these two angelic beings who had been sent by Father. I'm sitting on the Father's knee, and, I, and he said, so what was your question? And was, it almost was an impertinent, you might say, an impertinent prayer early in the evening. I said, what's happening with this heartburn? What are you going to do about it, this problem with my esophagus? So I'm there on his knee. I'm a little 10-year-old boy, just awe, just in awe with the Father and his love and his presence, seeing how when he laughs, all of heaven shakes. And I'm going to see more, a couple more big la uh, laughter explosions of his because his joy is so unending. It's joy that's unspeakable and full of glory, as Peter wrote when I learned it in the, new, in the King James years ago. It's called joy unspeakable, and you might read it as joy inexpressible. Different phrases in, in First Peter, or first chapter. But it is a joy that's so way beyond words. It's so palpable and strong. Yeah. I'm looking at him, and he just asked me the question again. He turned the question back to me when he answered. I'd asked the question of him. He turned it back to me by saying, so what do you think we should do? And, and I'm thinking, well, you're God, you know. <laughs> you're Father. <laughs> Why are you asking me what should we do? Uh, and... I'm sort of clueless, so I shake my head, I'm, I'm not sure, I'm thinking, what, are, what does he want me to do? And uh, finally he goes, like he lifts a finger up, he goes, oh, I know what we can do. And he's like, ah, oh, just thought of something. Of course he, he had this planned all along. <laughs> I know what we can do. Let's have a belching contest, you know, burping or belching like 10 year old boys will do when they try to swallow air and make noise. <laughs> and I'm a 10 year old boy after all. I'm a, I'm a little 10 year old boy sitting in heaven with my father and I'm thinking, wow, that's a lot of fun. Me and my friends do that all the time. So I start swallowing the air of heaven, which is filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit around the throne, which is filled with healing anyhow. And you think about old-time deliverance, often people used to burp when they're getting delivered or something. Yeah, so yeah. When you're there in the throne, you don't really, you're, there's no demonic presence there anyhow. But maybe the part of me that's back on earth did need some deliverance, traditional deliverance. But I'm in his presence just experiencing joy, and I'm a I mean, like a being of light in his presence, but I thought, I can do this. I can swallow some air and get my stomach filled up. And finally, I let out a pretty loud burp, like, a, like that's what boys do when they're having contests back then. And then he laughed again. That was the funniest thing you'd ever heard, I guess. He just roared with laughter. And this time, his laughter was even stronger, and there were tears of joy running down his face. He, was, he couldn't stop laughing. And I looked out at the 24 elders in the chairs, their 24 thrones, and they were there were tears of joy rolling down their faces. They were laughing so hard, they are doubling over, holding their stomach because you know when you get a belly laugh and pretty soon I saw them holding their stomach and then one by one they fell out of their chairs plunk 
plunk, plunk. They fell out of their chairs, 24 of them were on their faces before the throne. And I realized their crowns were rolling off their heads. And that's exactly what it says in Revelation chapter 4. The 24 elders are before the throne on their faces, and they cast their crowns before him. But I didn't know. I grew up in a more traditional religious spirit kind of thing. I thought people were terrified of the Father. That's why they're on their faces. I didn't know it's because there's so much joy you can't even stand up. The reason people are on their faces is there's so much joy that it's unspeakable, full of glory, and it just doubles you over with joy, and you end up on the floor and, and in, in pure joy and pure laughter. So the ecstasy of the Middle Ages, the saints, the mystic saints, you know, they always talked about yeah. ecstasy, and uh, they had something in the Celtic saints as well, something about that joy and that ecstasy. <laughs> so I saw that happen again, and this time uh, there was even more joy. And uh, so as I worked, I realized that whole thing was healed. That uh, problem never came back again. There was a physical healing, an emotional healing, and an inner healing in my spirit. And that wow. problem with esophagitis never came back again. But I, I just loved the Father's presence so much, and I was, he was holding me closer and closer, and I was watching what's happening out in the, before the throne. And I thought, well, I probably, I don't want to overstay, you know, there's probably lots of people who want to sit on Father's knee. <laughs> I didn't know that Father's so infinite in time and space that he can he can instantly switch to another person, another person, another person, and feels that, you know, one day is like a thousand years with him and vice versa. And he can do that. He can take care of everybody. But I thought, well, my time is probably finished. And I should get, I should get ready to slide down off his knee and figure out a way to get him back to earth. But as I was trying to slide off his knee, he pulled me back closer. And you know, there's a verse that says, the arm of the Lord is not so short that it cannot save. It's like, my arm is strong enough to hold you here a little longer. And he said, after all, when's it my turn? He looked at me and said, when is it my turn? And I thought, whoa, sure. <laughs> yes, Father, you can have a turn too. <laughs> so immediately he, he let out this huge foghorn sound that like the loudest sound I've ever heard. And all of the heavens were shaking with joy then. It makes, there's a verse that says that even the pillars shake and the foundations shake. And everything was shaking with joy as Father decided to let out a big foghorn blast of love and joy. And so I got to experience the Father having this little contest with me. And of course the Father wins. If you're going to have a belting contest with the Father, he's going to win. But, <laughs> but it didn't really matter at that point because I just loved being with him and it was so healing. And when I went back, I just was filled with the love and a, and a fullness of the Father's love. Realizing that in the future, whenever I ministered, I only minister out of the overflow of the Father's love, the Father's joy, the Father's presence. All the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I will only minister when I've feeling, been filled up. I get filled up day and night. In the middle of the night, especially, I love to wake up and spend an hour with him now. And he loves it when you just yeah, come well. to him. He loves it when you just come to him and, he, and you don't have a need. I, I'm an adult, 68. I have kids, 40s. When they come and say, Dad, we want to spend a weekend with you, or we want, we want to come from another state with our children, we're going to spend a week with you and mom. And it's not because they need anything. They don't need money. They don't need advice. When kids come just to spend time with you, there's a fullness in that. And I want to contribute to the Father's fullness of love and satisfaction. You know, Psalm 16 says, in his presence there's fullness of joy. In his right hand there is pleasure forevermore. It is his good pleasure to call sons and daughters. It's, he's so pleased when he sees you. And I want that pleasure. I want him to have his pleasure with all the sons mm -hmm. and daughters. And I realize now when I do ministry, Ever since then, I only minister out of the Father's love, the fullness of the Father's love, with a pure joy. And uh, yeah, and it's hard to explain to people that haven't been there yet. But I think you you know that when you've had these experiences, it's so transformative that after a while, I'm absolutely imper impervious to most other things that the enemy might try to throw at me. Like, who cares? Yeah. I can just go spend more time with my father. 
<laughs> nothing that I fear or worry about illness or discouragement or losses or even all the losses and the depth of negative feelings I experience when, I, when people are with me. People are sharing their saddest and worst days and severe traumas, severe abuse, day after day. But hmm. I can now handle those things and experience and be with people. And at the end of the day, I often feel more filled up and more energetic than at the beginning of the day. Wow. It's purely the Father's love flowing through me. And I'm sitting at the feet of the Master watching Jesus heal people. I'm not doing the healing. I don't have to try to conjure up the energy or the, the power or the, the wisdom. I'd just rather rely. I'd rather be a little boy with yeah. a big father. I'd rather be just a little boy with a big father than uh, anything else, I guess. You know, I, I just uh, did a show earlier today with someone and, and the conversation with Martin Smith is who it was. And we we were talking about a lot of this. And one of the things that we talked about was how, you know, so many people, they run after and they chase after the signs and the wonders and the miracles. And they do so at the expense of actually spending time with Yeshua as Yeshua is the one standing there, you know, and and. And it's like, like you said, the transformation actually comes with the engagement with him in the heavens and building that intimacy. And that's what I'm hearing from you is that it, it's just problem hits. No worries. I'm just going to go spend more time with my father. And, you know, and I even think of so many people who have done, you know, they're known for their signs, wonders and miracles. And even some of them have suffered with depression and other other things that were hidden that never got healed because yes. they're out doing the works, but they really haven't learned how to be with Yeshua or the Father or Holy Spirit and just be with them. Yes. And that's what's so trans transformative is that time with them. I think that's why the Father's decided that now's the time for us to enter in the next age, to let the sons and daughters arise in a more fullness. Hallelujah. To know they have permission as sons and daughters are going to develop a new authority. You know, in John 1, 12, it says, but as many as received him, to them he gave authority to become known as the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. And the believing in his name is to to know your identity as sons and daughters and to, to know the authority that comes with it, not in a harsh or overbearing way, just it's there because you're with Father and he gives you this identity and this authority. And uh, you've looked in the deepest, darkest places inside and still ready to go more. If there's more <clears throat> stuff every year, I'll go for more. Whatever Father wants, we'll find anything that needs healing or addressing. I'm happy to do it. <laughs> yeah. You were going to ask good. about how, that implies, how this whole thing works with as a psychiatrist, Christian healing. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to hear some of your experiences with that and, and how taking people into the heavens has changed their lives or how it's worked for you in your, your uh, practice. I do some traditional psychiatry where I work for a government agency where I'm, I'm not doing one hour inner healing sessions in the power of the spirit. <laughs> but, every now and then, but every now and then Christian leaders and people from churches will come and need a session, an inner healing session with me. Sometimes my wife and I will do them together as couples. And uh, I just love to take them to the Father's presence. Those that have done inner healing have so many different strains and schools. I'm not going to mention anyone because there's a lot of good ones. And I think we are fully trained in at least seven of them, maybe eight now. <laughs> and they're all good. Uh, but uh, they would all admit that we don't have all the answers. Um, there's more in the heavenly realms. There's like more from the Father. Yeah. And uh, sometimes we can get people so far with the traditional models of inner healing, but then if we take them right into the Father's presence, both the, the throne room, the courtrooms to handle court issues, and then to be enveloped with the Father's love and be drawn deep into his heart, um, I, I think we're getting closer to that. I don't think any of us are 
the two hearing healing are quite there the way Jesus was. If you think about the demoniac who had those thousands of demons, it didn't take like two hour sessions three times a week for 10 years. <laughs> Jesus didn't step back and say, he's a tough case. We're going to send him to our <laughs> healing rooms for the next six years. He's going to have like three times a week. He did not say that. Within, within minutes, it was all over. Jesus carried so much of the power and the presence of the Father's love with an insight, like the ability to go through dimensions and to know his life like a book and know exactly what needed to be addressed. Part of it was being addressed in courts. Part was being addressed by drawing the man into the Father's presence. Part is because Father had given permission the day before. Jesus pretty much knew everybody was going to meet the day before. I only do what I see the Father doing, you know, he said. So if we can learn that, like spend the night before getting ready for the next day. What, I like that. What am I going to... I like that. What am I going to be dealing with? How are we going to deal with the person? And, and Jesus and the Father might say, that person there that says they're ready for healing, they're not. You're supposed to gently decline and maybe walk past them. Jesus walked past the man at the gate beautiful every day in his three-year ministry, knowing that Father had said, no, it's not his time, because it was going to be John and Peter who couldn't look at him one day and point to him and say, silver and gold have I none, but now arise. In the name yeah. of Jesus Christ, arise. <clears throat> so sometimes Father will say, no, 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 that person's not ready. But in my glory, in my timing, I'm going to... I just want to listen to Father. I just want to be a little boy. I think if we grow in sonship, but also in unity, like we're gra gradually getting more power of his presence together in unity when we share our stories and go to heaven together, that too is going to help tip. There's like a critical mass we're going to get developed where the whole cloud of witnesses that we become part of it. Some of the times we're going to be spending more time in heaven than we are on earth and become more like beings. That That's when the healing is going to be just transformative. I think in the, in the anointing, you can lay hands on a person and they're healed. But in the glory realm, you just walk past them and they're healed because the glory of his presence is emanating from us. I just feel that day is coming. I'm not there yet. I don't pretend to be 100% there, but I'm hungry for it. And I'm pushing in for it. I think you are and other friends that we know are. Like, we want more, Father. We're ready for more. Like, Teach us how to and have that fellowship together. Because if we have fellowship, in, if we walk in the light as he is in light, then we have fellowship one with another. And we begin to walk in this fellowship together as sons and daughters, learning from each other, as well as learning from the spirit and the angelic beings he sends with us and from the cloud of witnesses he sends to us. That is so powerful. And and you mentioned uh, uh, at least one word that really rings with me and, and kind of lights me up and the unity, you know, and you, you didn't necessarily say it, but I think you were kind of referring to the, another word that really lights me up and it's the oneness, yes. you know, that we experience. So that, that just understanding uh, our our identity I, again earlier today we had the almost the entire discussion was about identity and how once we know who we are you know nothing else really matters when we have our identity in him it's it's like game over right <laughs> i would say to young christians who are just learning about the power of god's love and the gifts of the spirit please hold back from immediately doing ministry until you get your identity in him soak in his presence we need to have our identity first we have to know who we are and whose we are before we minister. Otherwise, we're, we're ministering out of our hurts. We don't realize it, but we're ministering out of our wounds. But I would rather go deep into the flame of his love and let him wound my heart and find if there's anything left that still needs another touch from him. The way St. John on the Cross used to say, and his mentor uh, there in Spain, Catherine, uh, I just, uh, I just, I just want to be in his presence and let, let him fill me up with his light and his love every day. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk more about identity when we, we come back. we got to take a break real quick, and um, we'd love to hear some more thoughts on identity. So we'll be back right after this. An ecclesia is family doing kingdom business. When you join an ecclesia with Kingdom Talks Media that is going through the Ultimate Impact series, this is what a typical week might look like. During the week, you'll watch the Ultimate Impact teaching videos based on that week's topic. Each video is about 10 minutes long, followed by a time for you to shift focus into the heavenly realm, allowing Father to guide you into further revelation. Once a week, you'll gather with your Ecclesia group in person or most likely through Zoom conferencing to typically do two things. One, relate with each other as you share insights about that week's topic. And two, shift focus into the heavenly realm as an Ecclesia to practice engaging Father together. Week after week, you and your Ecclesia will gain new perspectives through the teachings, discussions, and your experiences individually and together in the heavenly realms. All right, I'm back with Dr. Stephen Morey, and uh, we were just talking a little bit about identity before we had the break. So wh what else would you have to say to people about identity and the importance of it? Yeah, I think at first I tried to minister out of an earnestness, a sort of a zeal, like I really want to do this stuff, but it's a good way to get hurt and get burned out. And uh, <clears throat> over the years, I've done healing work with so many Christian leaders and Christian pastors. There are many, many of them right now who even have a lot of maturity, but are under deep depression. There's a lot of attack against, I think because we're so close to entering the next age, Gil, because uh, we need a momentum for this final breakthrough. Uh, there's just a tremendous amount of attack. I'm not worried about the attack. I'm not, a, we know the device of the enemy. But a part of it yeah. is going to be on, on the attacks are on identity. Um, if you're in performance mode, you have to perform to please everybody. And you can never please everybody enough. And you never even please yourself. And you're never quite satisfied with yourself. But if you remember when I was a little boy in heaven, I just realized it was the Father pouring his love into me. And uh, my friend, the Norwegian evangelist, is Leif Hetland. He teaches about the Father's love when he does this worldwide evangelism stuff with power. But Leif often says it this way. Sons don't have to achieve. They just have to receive. It's like, mm -hmm. it's so simple. You just have to receive more. You don't have to achieve more. Sons just have to receive. And uh, if you say that and you're in a church where there's performance-driven, a type A pastor, hard driving, you may be kicked out. And he may yeah. have, I've had pastors glare at me when I've said that from the pulpit. Sons don't have to achieve. They just have to receive. <laughs> but it's true. When you just receive more of his presence, and then when the Father gives you assignment, you go after it full energy. Full, the energy and the yeah. power comes from, it comes from, uh, unexpected sources it comes out of the thin air and uh, so Heidi Baker says, says it this way that sons can outwork slaves any day so you can have servants serving you out of duty and guilt and pressure and manipulation but that's never going to accomplish as much as sons do sons and daughters working together in the power of the Holy Spirit and yeah. then really accomplish the father's desires in this world and I just want what father wants and the Holy Spirit and, and I think we're going to see so much more of the Holy Spirit in the coming age we're going to honor the Holy Spirit and uh, yeah. Father has said that to me, and Jesus too, that the coming age of pouring out of the, the age of Aquarius or the age of Mayim in Hebrew, the pouring out of waters, uh, is going to be so much about Holy Spirit. We're going to learn how to be one, co-laboring, co-worshipping, co-warriors, but also co-lovers of God. And it's going to be about oneness and about identity and about sons and daughters just 
joyously going about the work. I just I see us singing as we're as we're working and yeah, I'm hearing drinking songs. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, and I and I I want to say that I feel like the secret ingredient, you know, that makes the difference is rest. Mm-hmm. You know that it's a key ingredient to understanding that when we are when we know who we are when we have our full identity that um we operate at a place of rest and right. that rest is the it's like the the booster of uh, of getting everything done that needs to get done but it's not like we had to work or strive to get it done isn't that amazing and, yeah is it paradoxical that you can do more out of rest and uh, i saw that in you and adina i blessed you on the weekend when we were meeting and spending time a week ago i said to you you're going to wear out the enemy by resting it, it drives yeah. the religious spirits nuts when you can just relax, relax and be at rest. Performance spirit, religious spirit, they can't figure that out. Like, how come these people are sort of resting all the time, but they're not worried about anything, and yet they're accomplishing all that the Father has in them? And it's confusing to the world, and that's the one thing the world really needs is peace. The peace this season that we're in now, they just need more peace. You know, as you were saying that, somewhere along the line, Father gave me this picture of... Um, uh, you know, rest is kind of like spiritual judo, you know, and if you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't know much about judo, but I do know that one of the biggest things is they use the force of the one coming at them, use it against them to let, you know, right. just step aside and let them fly right through. Exactly. And it's like rest, that's spiritual judo, you know, the enemy throws something at you and you're just like, yep, okay, <laughs> have at it. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Another thing about rest, as we're talking, I realize. One of my first visions, long before I'd known much about how to go to heaven, Jesus gave me this dream, recurrent dream, night after night. And it's based on Matthew 11, where he says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn to me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest to your souls. And I would have this dream that Lorraine and I together were walking the heavens in the gardens of heaven with Jesus. We were both around 10 or 11 or something. Um, and we'd walk all day and talk to him about our day and go over the events of the previous day and ask what's going to happen the next day. And then we'd be in this meadow, like in a, in a highland part of the woods where there's an open sunny meadow and then there's some big trees and then there's a hammock. And Jesus said, well, let's rest here. And he would sit in the middle of this giant cloth, uh, cloth or string hammock and he would have his arm around both Lorraine and, about, and me sort of cuddle, snuggling us closer. We're just little kids. He has his arm around our neck or shoulder. Each of us put one inside the other, and uh, then I would go back to sleep in the middle of the night just with that dream. And but I asked him, I said, Jesus, the one thing about that verse is I don't like the fact that y- the yoke is set. Like I see wooden yokes that were put on human beings for slavery years ago. You see movies about people, even people of color were put in wooden yokes, and it, it doesn't seem right. Like it doesn't seem yeah. like you. And he said, Well, when we're walking together in the woods, does that seem like me? And we're sharing love and joy. And I said, Yeah, that's like you. And when you feel relaxed as you're snuggling close to me and asking me questions and we go to sleep, does that feel like me? And he said, and I said to him, yes, Jesus, that does. He says, well, that's your answer. Because as my arms are around the two of you, you can see that you're yoked together in love. <laughs> you're me. You're I love that. Yeah, yoked together in love with me. We're resting in me and, and I and you. And he, he needs a resting place, too. He wants us to be a rest. Of, yeah. The Holy Spirit. Yeah. Not to be buzzing around doing all the time, but just to be there. So we got about five minutes left. Um, what are some uh, other thoughts? Uh, and I know you've, you've been working with uh, Jerry Bryant there in Nashville. Um, right. And the uh, well, Sounds of Glory, right? Soundsofglory.com. 
we've had five of them now. It's usually every year in March. They're usually around March 17th, but we haven't picked the exact date. One reason we haven't, <clears throat> we like the St. Patrick's Day weekend because we like to focus on the Gaelic Saints too. And we don't, in the last three years, we've had Justin, uh, Justin Abraham come from the UK. Uh, we, we love that. It's, uh, it'll, you can go to soundsofglory-nashville.org. So it's www.soundsofglory-nashville.org. And uh, Jerry, Brian, and I are the two co-sponsors. We bring in speakers, and you're invited, you too, Gil, and Athena, and others from around the country. We, we're happy to, it's a great gathering, the family together, people that love to go to heaven. They come from all over the U.S. and other nations. We just love it. It's a three-day conference, and uh, we have a great time. And Father's been so good to us, and it's making us into a family, into a, a community, an ecclesia, family of God, and we're just thrilled about it. It's a lot of fun. And I don't know for sure if the international travel is going to happen. If, the, if there's a shutdown of international travel, we may have to push it back a month or two. It won't be totally eliminated, but we may have to push back the date a month or two. And we'll know more in January. The website will right. tell you more by January. We can't decide right now in December. We're hoping to know more by January. Yeah, yeah. Well, looking forward to that. And uh, uh, even have talked a little bit about if you guys want to uh, sponsor or or. Uh, have it sponsored on our website um, that can be done as well right, so this is we'll a have to talk family. more about that it is a real family of people that are enjoying the heavens isn't it like it is you can tell that you were kindred spirits and you feel this heart communication we're learning like i don't want to know anybody after the flesh as it says in scripture from this from henceforth now we know no man after the flesh but only after the spirit i see the light and life in you and i in others and i i know those you just have a sense of those that are heavenly beings are spending time in heaven and have that glow yeah. and that little trace of heaven and that's wonderful it is it's a beautiful thing and and i i just can't help but think that 2021 is is going to be even more instrumental uh you know chris and i had talked about it at the at the the event this last weekend and um you know how it's exponentially it's exponentially growing and even that is growing with momentum Right. You know, so exponential is fast in and of itself, but the momentum is also increasing. Just Father's going to be doing some amazing things over the next five to ten years, and um, I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of the foundational pieces put into place in 2021. And just really looking forward to see what Father does, holding it all loosely. Just you know, I don't want to make anything happen. I just want to be in the right place at the right time to do what Father's doing. <laughs> Exactly. And I just encourage people to keep spending time with Father and Holy Spirit and Jesus in heaven. You have permission. You are sons and daughters, full access, full permission. All these things are not just for certain special saints, but for all the sons and daughters. Yes, I agree fully and completely. So, Dr. Stephen, thank you so much for being on here. And um, I, I just really honor you. I'm honored to have you on. And it's been a pleasant time. And I, I know that people are going to get a lot out of this. Uh, I love the the encounter that you had with the Father that you shared. Really powerful. Thank you. So, blessings to everyone. Um, so we're going to do a behind-the-scenes section. Is that all right? Sure. Okay, so if you'd like to see that, uh, please go to kingdomtalksmedia.com and look for the partnership section. And then there's a behind-the-scenes section under there, and uh, that will get you to the behind-the-scenes area. So, blessings to everyone. Look forward to seeing you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for taking time out to listen to Kingdom Talks. 
you can find out more about Kingdom Talks Media and our mission to unite in faith and grow as mature sons at KingdomTalksMedia.com. Please continue to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, Fringe Radio Network, and many more places. Go to our website to find links to all of our media outlets, as well as fantastic online courses and conferences, including the life-changing interactive course, Ultimate Impact. And last but not least, we ask that you consider partnering with us to fulfill the mission to get these messages to the world. To become a partner, go to the Partnership tab on our website. Thank you, and until next time, live a blessed life Keep carrying us in your heart and sharing us wherever hearts are open.